You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Each week, Chris and Mario welcome current NFL stars and discuss the biggest news from around the football world. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, how's it going? What's up, Chris? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, and a uh, a very happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. I hope you guys have the the best possible Thanksgiving while also having the most safe possible Thanksgiving. Yeah, like if you can combine the best with the safe, with safe leading and underline and bolded. Mm. Then yeah, exclamation points. And with exclamation points, then we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, let's just let's try to get done with this whole coronavirus thing at some point. So if we could all just not be idiots for a couple of months, that would be super. Um, speaking of idiots, Mario Hines, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I, I, am... I don't know. Can I just say that, I mean, again, Pittsburgh is uh, in their fan base. One of my mm-hmm. long time just uh Unforgettable is the word I'm going to use, fan bases. And for you to say, <laughs> speaking of st- stupid and say Pittsburgh Steelers, I love that. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we have a lot of stuff to a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We're going to get to every single game on the schedule. I've got Bavada Sportsbook open in front of me. But before that, I want to rant a little bit because, you know, look, here's the reality. The, the Ravens-Steelers game originally scheduled for tomorrow, Thanksgiving, in the primetime slot has been moved to Sunday because a number of, uh, number of Baltimore Ravens have tested positive for coronavirus. Three more players, a couple of coaches today, including uh, Calais Campbell. And Steelers players are all over Twitter right now, including Eric Ebron, one of your favorite players. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy who I actually think is a pretty decent guy, right? Uh, Chase Claypool, and numerous others whining about this game being moved. And it just, it comes off as so incredibly tone deaf to whine about being, having your game moved in this year, in this climate. And it's just, it's, it's absurd. And the problem that I have is it doesn't come off as, Oh man, we were really looking forward to play on Thanksgiving. That was going to be so great. And so magical. What it comes off as is, Oh man, we were really excited to play a Ravens team that didn't have 10 starters. And now some of them might be back. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Oh no, they're cheating us. They're cheating us. They got to get that handled over there. Is it? And it's like, since when, like out of all the time, since when is now you try to say like, no, you, this is a foul. This has been a foul yeah. the whole time. Like you can't, you, you hit me on the hand and, and it's like, you can't, you can't hand check. You can't hand check. Hand check is cheating. Like you can, that bucket doesn't count. And now we're changing all the rules and it's completely unfallible, uh, unthinkable. And, and that, that's one side of it. Just the, the, the not past selfish, more like just childish. Yeah. Ranting. It's more like, like you said, the tone depth, like there's a real thing going on. Like we're actually super lucky and blessed to have a sport to entertain us and it go relatively well that we're, you're, you, the, the people that are actually doing it are complaining about how regulating it in some form uh, is a bad thing. Well, and that's, it's not even just that. It, that's from our perspective, from their perspective. And look, I will concede that the Steelers have had some rough breaks this year because of other teams dealing with coronavirus. But that's 2020, man. And it just the, the cookie crumbles the way it crumbles. 
This comes off as a bunch of millionaires complaining that their job just got a little bit harder. Be happy to be in the position you're in because a lot of people aren't. Exactly. Exactly. Add that add that to the list of, of, of reasons why this is just amazing that this <laughs> that players are actually putting this in print yeah. for us to, to 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 backtrack and say, okay, you, 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 and you, idiot. My God, I like I will be watching. And it's, by the way, it's still a national TV game. It's the it's the the one o'clock game on on Sunday. It's a national TV game, so it's not like they're losing that whole spot. I know it's not the the glamour of Thanksgiving, but it's still national TV, and I will be tuned in, rooting as hard as I can for the Baltimore Ravens. There you go. Like, and I don't even like the Ravens. But yeah, you this, don't have to now. It's so ridiculous. Like, it, it's just don't just. Just shut your mouth. Don't make yourself the bad guy. That that's uh, that's my advice to pretty much everyone in 2020. Exactly. <laughs> and maybe I should Fair. listen to that too. I don't. You're know. no one's bad guy. Oh, I look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Challenge accepted, my friend. <laughs> Challenge accepted. We'll we'll talk about some stuff off the air, but it's just it's frustrating because like who cares in the grand scheme that I, I'm sorry. You guys look. Did they have? Did they basically lose their bye week this this year? They did. Are they still getting to make millions of dollars playing a game? They are. I think in the grand scheme of things, things could be way worse. And it's just it comes off as such poor taste to complain about anything that's going on when you're being moderately inconvenienced. Especially like I said, when it. I don't take this as like we really wanted to play on Thanksgiving. I take this as we really wanted to beat the Ravens by three touchdowns. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I've I've heard players complain, and it, it from from franchises like the Steelers complain about the Thanksgiving game and the turnaround, and mm-hmm. all this. so I'm sure that that didn't magically disappear for this argument. Uh, there's something else, and it's again, it goes back to just the the childish, inconsiderate, insensitive nature of the whole thing. And by the way, I believe the uh, I believe the Ravens have a Thursday night game next week, so they will they will go from having uh, a week to prepare to four days to prepare for the Cowboys. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, like they're they're the ones who are really getting hurt here. It's not. Yeah, it's the Thursday night game. So like they're the one who's really being inconvenienced. All this does to the Steelers is they they have a week instead of ten days to prepare for Alex Smith and the Washington Football Team. Yeah, I mean you <laughs> just draw up the plays in the sand against them. It's just foolishness, and the Steelers fans, whatever they're getting, and I've seen some backlash on Twitter. I hope I hope it continues. It's all mm-hmm. well deserved. Oh, well, how do you feel about what's going on with your Detroit Lions right now, Mario Hines? Rough game last weekend. Can I say that? And even at this point, the the a twenty nothing mm. loss was shocking. I was actually genuinely shocked. That that was the outcome, and I, you know, I mean, Matt Stafford with the the hurt thumb and all the things, no, no, um, Swift, still genuinely yeah. shocked because PJ Walker, who I like as a as a player, you know, <laughs> PJ Walker against this team handled himself very well mm-hmm. and was um, supported by the Lions. I would say as much as the Panthers, and <laughs> again. There's something bigger and deeper than the talent pool of this team. There's something bigger and deeper than just being a bad team. And these are the types of losses that show that. And I don't know how 
how much more the fans can take. Uh, the pulse is that it is throbbing to not only just boot Patricia out of here, but we make a point to 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 never allow this into to shame for shame him yeah. because this is at this point we can't win another game if you if you lose if you lose to the Panthers without scoring a point. Yeah, he's never welcome back into the state of Michigan after this whole thing's over. It is basically Not what's going shame. on. It's it's rough. I I was shocked. You're right. I was shocked to see a shutout as well, especially at the hands of uh, former Temple quarterback PJ Walker. But uh, it's just it seems like the Lions have kind of uh, I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong, but they've packed things up for the year. Yeah, yeah. There's a sense of um, you know what? There's a lot going on out here. I'll just uh take my lunch and go into the uh the staff room. There's no, there's really no sense of urgency. There's no fight, but also there's no, it doesn't look like there's no anger to, right. to, 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 to get out of it. You know, it's just complacency and, and, you know, I think Swift, uh, being, being out is bigger than, than you can measure because he might've still had that, uh, young motivation to just prove he can play in the league, you know, absent of the situation, which, could have brought you some wins, some quality wins. So now that's gone or was gone this week. And that might be bigger than, you know, the next thing. Yeah. The lions are the NFL team equivalent of Namdi Asma eating his lunch in his car by himself while he was an Eagle. He's just, he's going to be on his own. He's not worried about (laughs) anybody else. And it's just, let's move on with our day. This is nothing but a job. And you're exactly right. Once teams lose that anger of losing, you know that there's a systemic problem and that gigantic changes need to come. Yep, and uh, it's clear as day. I mean, the fact that it, here's another another piece, another telling piece for me is that T.J. Hawkinson is actually having a decent year. Like these things where you're like, let me add up what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know, Matthew Stafford isn't playing his career best, but not by far playing his career worst. Um, the running game, obviously, up and down, but. You know, with with what looks like to be your top back missing, you know those types of things. Yes, makes sense, but other everything else doesn't. To lose twenty nothing to a Panthers team where you're in it and really really bad mistakes against other qualified teams and and teams that are better than you or considered much better, you're only losing by you know touchdown or or, or you start to implode and you're like this is a, a a dumpster fire. But now it's just like oh you showed up. You didn't really make any mistakes. You just are kind of cruising and the other team, you're helping the other team out. And it just seems so bland and vanilla. And now, you know, on top of that, they get to to do it again in front of everyone because of tradition. So I'm looking at this Lions schedule and it, it seems like the next two weeks are really going to determine just how bad this record is. Because after Texans Bears, the next two weeks, you have Packers, Titans, Bucks, and Vikings, and there probably isn't a win in the, those last four. Is this a five and eleven team? Yes, it is. Which, even out loud, the way they've lost a lot of these games is actually better than I expected. Even though they they currently have the you know, but I don't know any anything left. There's a case for them to lose every game. There's a mm-hmm. case, you know. There's a case that they won't win again. So. Uh, yeah, five eleven. If if and that'll that'll feel better than than the coaching staff should. Well, actually, yeah, five and eleven might make the playoffs in the NFC East. So there's 
there is that. We find ourselves in bizarrely different positions, but if it's any consolation, I believe it's going to be the Cowboys who make the playoffs at 6-10 and 10 or 5-11. and 11. Not my Philadelphia Eagles. 5-11 and 11 would put the Lions in that, like, 4-6 to six range in the draft. We're assuming that, you know, Lawrence and Fields and Sewell are going to be gone. Is this prime quarterback territory for Detroit? Is is the Matt Stafford era over with a 5-11 and 11 season? I think so. I think there's that. And then, you know, I mean, so with, with Kelly Stafford and those comments yeah. and, 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 oh, and rubbing the, the fan base the wrong way, I just think a lot is adding up to where, you know, even the, the I don't know if the rumors were legit at all, but just rumors of being on the block. Um, it's, it's time. And if you've got a quarterback that is at that spot, you know, say they go 5'11", is in that range, mm-hmm. and he can be a guy – I think you got to take them because I was thinking about this actually, just because of how this season's going. And Matt Stafford has done a pretty damn good job, mm-hmm. uh, all things considered. You know, when you stack him up against every other quarterback in this franchise, and that's because you took the guy that you needed to take. And you know, no, it didn't come together for a playoff win, which is going to be a a huge gash in his resume. But the comeback thing and the being a consistent, more so positive cog. Uh, in the wheel of whatever the lines were doing year in and year out, uh, you want to be able to you want to be able to come back from that with another guy that has that plays for you for eight to ten years. So you got to oh, yeah. take him if you can. Yeah, I I don't know that that four spot is going to be interesting uh, because I really don't know that that's probably an NFC East team, uh, and two of them would seriously consider quarterbacks. I think, but. You're in a position where, you know, it could be Zach Wilson from BYU who has just flown up draft boards this year. It could be Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, you're right. The the Kelly Stafford thing isn't exactly helping the on-field play go down any smoother. I have an interesting landing spot for Matt Stafford, though. It seems like Bruce Arians isn't happy with his quarterback right now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... This is a whole another conversation about like, damn, what what happens to Brady? What what's gonna, you know? Because I he agree, has I to think, retire, right? Like I, this is. I, I want he, that for him. I'm not even his friend, and I feel like as a friend, I should contact him and say, "Buddy, it's the end." His it's coach really end. literally came out and said, "This this Hall of Famer, this maybe the best quarterback to ever play in the National Football League, was getting confused by defenses." His quarterback, his coach, said this publicly. And this is not the first time Arians has thrown Brady under the bus this year. I, it's just that coupled with the fact that Arians wants to throw the ball deep, something I think Stafford does extremely well, and the fact that Tom Brady is 0 of 19 in uh, attempts of 20 yards or more over the last month, this marriage just don't work. It is not a pretty one, and uh, you can't annul it. So you, you, the only thing you can do now is divorce it and uh well, retirement Stafford, annuls it pretty nicely yeah <laughs> i think matt stafford is a fit i just don't know that uh it's a perfect fit because another thing that comes with bruce arian offense is is uh sacks mm-hmm. and you're gonna get pressured as a quarterback because you're gonna have to stand in there and, and like you said deliver that deep ball and um you know matt stafford and sacks uh they don't fare well when he's when he's getting pressured. He he changes. He changes completely. So, you know, That's interesting. I would like to see him in a place where he can have some some support and and really um, gain back some of that play action that uh, was was successful. I forget was it um, 
<laughs> for at least three quarters of a season, and then the following quarter of a season, Jim Bob Cooter did that really well with Caldwell. So yeah. Well, I, I will say that that Kelly Stafford will really enjoy living would would really enjoy living in a state under the absolutely idiotic governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, where he is telling telling businesses they are not allowed to put you know demand people wear masks and stuff like that. So. I think Kelly will be happy. The, everyone, the 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 state will be <laughs> wide open. She can go party as much as she wants, and then you know she can kill as many of her family members as she desires. <laughs> she Good luck, know, Kelly. Perfect landing spot for Kelly Stafford. If we're if we're talking about Bavada and the line there, <laughs> I don't know that they have that set. <laughs> Where will this idiot end up? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there? Is there anybody you like more than Stafford? Because, I mean, we're seeing this musical chairs of the quarterback position play out every single year, and I I, I don't know that Tom Brady's going to see year two in Tampa Bay. Is there a guy that really jumps out at you like, okay, that is a fit for that offense? As I think about it, there's not going to be anyone who is who is a, is, is a fit. More so, there may be a couple guys that could be a fit, and it still feels weird to replace Tom Brady with a could be, but that's mm-hmm. what will have oh, yeah. to happen. Uh, again, I think um, one of the, the the better players that that hits the deep ball is a guy that's that's where Tom used to be, who is not playing well at all, uh, and that's not something mm. that I think Bruce Arians wants to get into. Yeah, um, no, yeah. I don't. If if I think who else would be available, I mean, no, not off the top of my head. So if Matt Stafford plays his cards right. It could be. It could be where he ends up next, and they. I think they want to be. Want to be there. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure this out. The. I mean, you know, I've been advocating pretty much anyone takes a shot on Darnold, so I don't hate that. But Darnold's not. He's not your classic deep ball guy. Uh, it's certainly. I'm just looking at looking at these teams right now and thinking of who could be moving on from their quarterback. Gardner Minshew has proven he's probably not a high level starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, God, the Bengals don't don't really lose anybody. Dak is Dak is going to be the wild card if if Dallas makes the mistake of letting him go. I don't see anyone in in Washington. Although maybe Arians would bring in Dwayne Haskins as a guy under Tom Brady for a year to see if right, they can right. make that work. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's not that guy. Matt Ryan is interesting, but that's that's not really him. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you. Who- I'll tell you what, man. Is is there any chance in the world Fitz Magic ends ends back up in Tampa Bay? <laughs> I mean, the thing about Fitz is that he does a lot of things well, um, and he's just going to turn it over with you. Uh, I could see him. I could see him landing there again as a replacement. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's not going to be Garoppolo. He's not a deep ball guy. By the way, I could see Garoppolo replacing Matt Ryan in Atlanta if they want to stay with that kind of similar type of offense. Uh, not saying it's going to be a positive move for them, just that schematically it feels like a fit. Uh, not going to be Drew Locke, not going to be the loser of Nick Foles, Trubisky. Uh, Lamar Jackson's not going anywhere. Carson Wentz can't go anywhere. Yeah, and Derek Carr is playing great right now. So, I don't know. I mean, it, I guess Stafford, Newton, and Stafford, Newton, Ryan, and... Um, and Darnold are probably the the big name quarterbacks changing uh, teams this year, but we shall see. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, earlier contract aside, if you if work around, but it, Cousins could have been a guy mm-hmm. prior, you know, to to the Vikings kind of turnaround. 
Well, and I believe Cousins is going to be a free agent, but I guess my question there is, does he fit in Arian's offense either? Not the best. He's closer to the Darnold type of guy. Right. He'll deliver it. You can't rely on it frequently, um, but his ability to deliver it, I, I guess, might make him a little attractive, plus being a vet. I'm looking at it right. Okay, I so I apologize. I am entirely wrong. The the two year contract extension actually kicks in after this year. So oh wow okay. Cousins has got two more years at a uh, thirty one million and forty five million dollar cap hit in Minnesota. Ooh, so he mind. will not be changing yeah. teams. Is the moral yeah. of that story? <laughs> Much like uh, a fifty nine million dollar dead cap hit for Carson Wentz if uh, the Eagles were to move on from him. A forty one million dollar dead cap hit from uh, Kirk Ooh. Cousins should the Vikings move on. Certainly doesn't seem like they're going to because they seem to have figured things out over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, if if it's Kurt's, Kurt, if Kirk is the reason or not, who knows? But right now it's kind of that if it's not broke, don't fix it scenario, plus the money, plus the length. You're 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 gonna go with it and, and actually just keep adding pieces. I mean, I guess I say that with them coming off of a loss to the Cowboys. So, but they are they are uh, three and four over their last four. And, and Cousins was not bad. Three hundred and fourteen yards, three touchdowns is just man. I, I watched that. I watched that that Cowboys game because I was interested to see who was going to lead the NFC East after last weekend. And it, it was kind of depressing for me watching the game because they ran a play at the end of the third quarter, early fourth quarter, where. Um, Pardon me. Andy Dalton hands off to 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 Zeke, and then Zeke kind of uh, laterals a little pitch to uh, an option pitch to C.D. Lamb for a score. And I was like, man, I have not seen anything that creative in Philadelphia in a very very long time, and I'm getting fed up of this vanilla offense every single week. Yeah, I mean, great way to circle it back to your team, uh, but. Because all things think, are ultimately about me. <laughs> right. No, I agree with you. It's a tough thing, right? As much as, you know, Carson Wentz is to blame, but he's also not to blame. It's like kind of that, you oh. know, synergy there. I tend to think the same way in parts with the the play calling. And the, I mean, the, the O-line play is just so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, it's hard. It's hard to, to break out of that. I, I, I know in a coach's mind, it's even harder because if one thing isn't working – you know, you're, if your base isn't working, you're not going to try outside of your base. You're going to get, you know, that's just a coach's uh, ego, if you want to call it. But, you yeah. know, I've experienced that so many times from different styles of coaches that if if your base stuff isn't working, don't even look to, to, to ask me or think I'm going to run something unorthodox or out the box. It's those, it's, it's, I think why people think Sean McVay, although his, his play design prior to, uh, I mean, before you see vanilla stuff is great. I think he's really good at, at breaking tendencies and saying, you know what, um, let me try something innovative. So I think most coaches won't do that. And Peter uh, Peterson and that staff is the same. Yeah, man, I would. Uh, I, I know I, I wouldn't be the only team that would be interested in this, but I would go ahead and throw a lot of money at Joe Brady to, to let his incredible ascent continue and have him be the head coach next year because – you just need to do something, and I do think that this Doug Peterson time in Philadelphia has run its course. It just doesn't seem like him and Carson are working together, and we're stuck with Carson. 
So I, you know, thanks for the Super Bowl, but honestly, I, I give a lot of that credit to DiFilippo and Frank Reich, not you, Dougie Doug. There it is. That's real. That's authentic. And it's spot on because um, when you start to see that, it's hard to backtrack that. It's hard to backtrack once your quarterback and coach aren't seeing eye to eye. Uh, even if you mean well, the, 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 the tug of war has begun and it's hard to put down the rope. By the way, let's not forget that uh, it wasn't Big Balls Doug, but rather Nick Foles, who who said that we should run that Philly special when we did. I feel like Doug gets way too much credit for a lot of stuff that happened that year. I agree with that. I was well, Yes, I agree with that. Uh, this, this division is so weird. I'm looking at the Bavada lines right now, and I've never seen it so tight. The Eagles are the the slightest of favorites at plus 200. The Cowboys are plus 210. The Giants are plus three. And the uh, football team is plus four. All four teams are within 200 points of each other. It's really, I mean, if you just just throw the teams up in the air and let them all cascade down, catch one, and that'll be the winner of the division. That's pretty much what they're doing week in and week out. Like to put that in perspective, the next closest division, uh, we have thirty eight hundred is the next closest, uh, and that's going to hold up. So yeah, thirty eight hundred is the next closest division. That's the AFC East with uh, with the NFC East two hundred point differential between the four teams. Absolutely crazy, and uh, God. I just, I hoped, I really hope, and I hate to say this, and I never want to root for losing, but I really, I really hope they don't make the playoffs this year because I, I just worry that gives a free pass to a lot of things. And not to mention, like, I know anything can happen in the playoffs and that's great. Oh, so much fun. But I'll, I would rather have the number seven pick in the draft than get drubbed in the first round of the playoffs. And, have that as the reason no significant changes are made. I hear you. I hear you. And that's that's the logical response. But it sounds a lot like hoping to lose. I know. I just, <laughs> I, I know. And I hate, I hate that. I hate being in that position. It stinks. But I just, sometimes you have to accept the step backward for the future step forward. And I think that's where I am right now. That's fair. That's fair. And, and I think highlighting the pieces that you want to keep uh and and making sure the the eagles get that memo but you're in a place it's you're you are you guys are in that weird place where there's no real benefit in squeezing out the wins you can Mm -hmm. right now it's best to ring out actually the stuff that isn't working uh and find that out you know as clear as you can so that the the right choices can be made so and i mean i think just you got to bring in a, a veteran or two um, to protect Carson and bring in a coach and reestablish what you're doing, get buy-in, um, and get another goddamn playmaker, even though uh, you, know, you spent yeah. one already uh, pretty early last year. But maybe you sign a playmaker and, and, and just get going. Well, I don't. I just think that this is – just with how the cap situation is, the tear-down to the studs idea doesn't really work right now. But, you know, I, I just think a new coach that doesn't have loyalty to these guys who aren't playing well would be a giant help. Look at Doug, Doug Peterson. We brought back Jason Peters to play right guard. Now he's playing left tackle. He's 
the second or third best option we have at left tackle behind Jordan Maialata, who looked absolutely great, who is your, your hope that he develops into something really promising in the future. But we trot out the the corpse of, of Jason Peters every week. He gives up three sacks to Olivier Vernon. and he is the reason Olivier Vernon is, is <laughs> AFC Defensive Player of the Week this week, by the way. And it's just, it doesn't make sense. Just getting rid of the weird loyalties would be a good step in the right direction because the pieces are there. And you're right. Hey, uh, a playmaker would be great. You know, if, if you're in that position, look, a Micah Parsons yep. at linebacker would make a huge difference to that defense. A Patrick Sertain at cornerback, huge difference to that defense. A Jamar Chase or a Jalen Waddle at receiver paired with Rager and Fulgham, giant difference to that offense. So it's just I feel man, you. I'm so I sick of feel this. you. I think I'm at the calm <laughs> of our storm, so I can hear you and hear you sincerely. And like, yeah, it's that time. It's that time. And you got what you you, you said it. You know, thanks for the Super Bowl. You got what you, you could out of this window. Um, and don't let it crash. Don't let it become yeah. unappealing. Right now, it's confusing, but don't let it become unappealing. <laughs> it's pretty damn unappealing to me, but. <laughs> I think we've reached that level, but uh, that's all right. It's there's always hope in the future. I'd like to see the young guys play, and uh, and we'll run it back, and I'll be watching, and all of that, and it will be good. By the way, a lot of people are advocating putting Jalen Hurts into the lineup uh, over Carson Wentz this week. I I don't agree with that. I I would not start Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I don't I don't see any scenario where he's any better behind that offensive line than Carson Wentz is, and I worry that it could just destroy Hurts. Now, with that said, if Carson's playing well, I ha- uh, not playing well, obviously, uh, I have absolutely no problem with Doug walking over to him and saying, "Hey, take a seat. Jalen has a couple of drives. It, they're his. You sit back and watch. That's that's fine. I'm not ready." I'm not ready to ch- make a change at quarterback. This is kind of like the Bly- the mm-hmm. Brian Flores thing last week where he pulled Tua at the end of the game and uh, went to Fitzpatrick just because he thought Fitzpatrick gave him a better shot right then. And Tua could benefit from sitting and watching. And uh, and that's that's what should happen in Philadelphia. But I don't think it's going to. Although Doug was a little bit less adamant that Carson yeah. was his quarterback today. So... We shall see. I'm sure he's just going to decide that we're going to go to Hertz now. He's just the starter for the rest of the year. And, uh, you know, I've, then there's a whole new thing for Philadelphia fans to complain right. about. So yeah, protect the kid. I mean, I get what you're saying. And I like it if it's well, well, well organized. And, you know, the coach does the coach thing with, with making sure players that Hertz needs to succeed and be bought in for him to succeed. But, you know, protect the kid And it, it, besides throwing him behind that line. No doubt. All right, well, let's get to our picks for this week. We've got only two Thursday night games now, the first of which is the Houston Texans versus the Detroit Lions. It's a tradition. Lions play on Thanksgiving. National TV game. You excited about get this this Lions team getting shown uh, on I don't know television? what Swift's status is. I have to check. Uh, I, I do want to see his development. Other <laughs> than that, no, um, I get to see Deshaun Watson again which is okay. It will be a misleading mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson because I'm sure he will be highlighted and spoon-fed to be his absolute best. Uh, and and uh, we're going to see the Lions lose on Thanksgiving Day. Seems to be a tradition. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> Lions. <laughs> yeah, that line, Bavada has the That's Lions a plus very three at home. Line. Even though, you know, you, you can see it. You could see <laughs> it, but no. Uh, give me the Texans here uh, by uh, comfortable... 
10 points. Well, in the first of three battles for first place in the NFC East this weekend, <laughs> that's how close this division is. The Washington Red... Oh, Jesus, why? I haven't said Redskins in months, and here we are. The Washington football team travels to Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys. If Washington wins, they are in first place in the NFC East for the time being. Bavada has the Cowboys yeah, minus three at home. It's weird where... The Cowboys beat a decent team um, last week, mm-hmm. and they actually typically play well on Sunday the the splitting of the backfield right now in Dallas is beneficial although it it makes them from the the sky look foolish with all the money going into Zeke but you know you're trying to win ball games so if they keep that up uh, making sure that those guys touch the ball not equally but um make sure that that it's equitable i think the cowboys handle the 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 football team uh, on thanksgiving and give me the cowboys yeah, I think the Cowboys win big, quite frankly. The uh, the Arizona Cardinals travel to New England to take on the wildly disappointing New England Patriots. Bavada has the Patriots. Okay, this is plus not a good a time half. for the Patriots to play this Cardinals team. You need to be rolling uh, just in case the Cardinals are just mm-hmm. are, are red hot. And uh, the Patriots just are not rolling, so they're definitely not red hot. The Cardinals cannot play their best and still win this game. Uh, the, the matchup is, you know, for... for Stud against stud is there, but uh, other than that, the Patriots have nothing for for Arizona on either side of the ball. So give me give me the Cardinals. The uh, the Carolina Panthers head to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Bavada has the Vikings minus three and a half. It looks like the Panthers will be without McCaffrey, but yeah, with interesting Teddy game. Another Teddy vengeance game, even though he's not that type of guy, and he mm. lost the first one. Uh, close, close, and I don't think he'll lose this one. Uh, the Vikings, as good as they are, um, have some major gaps, and uh, if if the uh, the Panthers can just run controlled offense, play outside the hashes like they did against the Lions, which may be you know some misinformation as far as what they're capable of doing, uh, then they could they could and should beat the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So they're going to attempt that, and I'm going to go ahead and say that the Panthers will will finish that out. Give me the Panthers here. The uh, surprising Las Vegas Raiders head to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Bavada has the Falcons. Yeah, the Falcons are done this year. Uh, I don't know if they're in the stage of figuring out. They still seem to be in that scramble of wanting to be a good team. Uh, And that confuses me. The defense can't stop a nosebleed on the ground. And it's just getting worse and worse every week. Uh, And the Raiders, although they don't pound the ball, uh, John Gruden will do what it takes to win, and they've got a guy that, that can handle that load. Uh, so give me the Raiders here to win pretty easily. How about the uh, the emergence wow. of Derek Carr this season? He looks he looks like, I don't you know, I don't want to say that 2016 Derek Carr. But Absolutely. He was on the ropes. He was on the ropes before the year. You know, people really thought, I mean, I, I was flirting with the idea that, uh, geez, forgot who they brought in to, to his name, at least. That's the guy. Marcus Mariota. It's disappointing that I could even forget his name these days. But I really flirted with the mm-hmm. idea that by game four, you know, Mariota would be would be the person that uh, that Gruden would fall in love with. And Derek Carr said no. And that's kudos to him, man. He's been great. Yeah, absolutely. The Los Angeles Chargers, and I suppose the now <laughs> yeah. rookie of the year front runner. 
Uh, Justin Herbert head to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills, and Bavada has the Bills yeah, minus five and a half. The Chargers did not, you know, convince me of anything exceptional last week. It's one of those, you know, hiccup games possibly, but again, it's hard for them to to stop teams from scoring as well. Uh, and the Bills want to get sharp, and I think they will. I think it'll be a pretty comfortable win uh, for them against Los Angeles. So give me the Bills here. Uh, what a heartbreaking loss for the Bengals and uh, and with Ugh. Joe Burrow going down. That is just – that team seemed like they were really figuring things out and really starting to click, and now they probably yeah. don't win another game unless <laughs> right. they beat the Giants this week, ironically. It's sad. Just, just stinks. Uh, let, let, let's go to that game. The New York Giants head to Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Bavada has the Bengals plus Yeah, here's the thing about that. Home. I think the wind out of the sails with this injury is going to unmask yeah. some some already pretty uh, underlying tension with the coaching staff and the and the players in the locker room. And I think Burrow was a great buffer in in, in helping believe that things were shifting. But uh, outside of that, I think guys are just done. And uh, too bad. Give me the Giants here, who won't look that great, but will beat the Bengals. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't see the Ryan Finley era in Cincinnati being a particularly strong one, and I, probably Cincinnati is okay with that, as you lock yourself into that number three pick, add a potential franchise left tackle to protect Burrow right. whenever it is he's healthy. Well, the hmm. silver lining, as it were. The uh, the Miami Dolphins head to New York to take on the New York Football Jets. Bavada has the Jets yeah, plus what seven. A, um... Wait a minute, moment the Dolphins had. But I think what Flores was mm-hmm. able to do, you mentioned it before, what Flores was able to do, which a lot of coaches wouldn't, uh, is why I think they bounced back well, besides playing the Jets, of course, is why I think they bounced back well. Um, right. let's, we're not, I mean, win-loss, we, we can go ahead and say the Dolphins will win. But how they look with this win, I think uh, that's the type of thing that you want your coach to be able to do is do what it takes to to let your team win, put your team in the best position to win, but not selling out uh, and making guys confused. I think he did, he, he did a great job uh, in making that choice, and I think that's what keeps the buy-in, and uh, you, you won't start to, to tumble off the cliff. And you're playing the Jets, so perfect timing. Yeah, man, Brian Flores has been such a revelation this year. This guy oh, is so an unbelievable coach. Him. <sighs> Look, I'm also willing to play in the NFL for a minimum salary, but you know we've seen we've seen two guys. So Flores clearly the best player in this in this Belichick tree at this point, or the best coach in this Belichick tree. We've seen two guys in the Andy Reid tree really sort of fall on their face this year in Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy. Nagy even went ahead and gave up play calling in Chicago. Do you think? Andy Reid's presence and the fact that he's such an influence in terms of calling plays is one of the reasons that teams are apprehensive to hire. I think it may be a reason. I think the enemy is going to have to audition without him. Yes. Uh, So that that goes. That's one of the things that's pulled away. But that's beside it being Andy Reid. If if I'm explaining that correctly, he'll still need time uh, to 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 groom himself away from Andy Reid, not just because Andy Reid is involved, but because, you know, it's the Chiefs and he'll have to go to a team with less everything to see if he can prove himself. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, I think 
the having a coach that you can even if you are the 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 key uh and go-to play caller if having a coach that you can go to or that will willingly intervene and because he sees something uh is is so so invaluable because we know how football works especially at the highest level where one or two mm. plays you know feel like they change the game and that's what that opportunity gives you uh, and that makes you as a coordinator look like a genius so <laughs> those are the moments you count so having a coach like that is huge and i think it's similar to what we saw with belichick it's that adjustment that ability to adjust yeah game planning is one thing and right. your ability to scheme it out but that adjustment in game mid game is 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 invaluable to have and if you can't carry that over uh you'll start to see some some issues and i think the enemy's gonna have to beat that on top of you know find your own pieces these aren't his guys either you know with the mahomes and you know yeah yeah i just worry that last year when he was a really hot name that was going to be that was his best opportunity to finally get the big job and now that peterson and Nagy are kind of struggling so much it it just Teams aren't going to be as quick to jump to another Kansas City offense. Not at all, and you know the, the the gift and the curse, the gift and the curse. So I mean, maybe maybe a team, yeah. a, a team. I don't want to call them desperate, but maybe a team like has figures it out. But it's not going to be easy. I don't think so. Well, the uh, the New Orleans Saints, quarterbacked by one Taysom Hill, traveled to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. Bavada has the Broncos plus okay, so six at home. What a strange stat line because it seems above criticism. Yeah. Like if you just look at the stat line, you know, it's a solid week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's one of those things where the plays that he was supposed to excel at, he he, he did well in. Uh, so you want to applaud that. But what else is there? Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Right now, Sean Payton is smarter than me. And uh, <laughs> we'll keep it at that. And uh, I think this week... Mm-hmm is not the week that will uh, be like, see, I told you so, or at least any of the the Hill, the Hill doubters uh, won't get their comeuppance this week. I agree with, you, with what you're saying philosophically, but I do think there was kind of an eye test element to last week as well. And he passed, he passed the written test, but I don't know that he yeah. passed the eye test, if that makes sense, because he, you know, this, the numbers were great. The numbers were you know, yeah. almost infallible, although you would you would like him to throw a touchdown pass at some point <laughs> in his career as he's earning ten million dollars a season. Uh, but you're talking about uh, tw- eighteen to twenty three, two thirty three. Gets sacked three times, no touchdowns, no picks. Very game managery. Also runs for forty nine and two scores. But it just seems like his arm strength isn't the arm strength of the, your average starting quarterback. A little, it, it felt yeah, a little. Yeah, the thing about it is that we me. were. We were we were told that that was one of the benefits, uh, but it also changes when you're dropping back. I think that's one thing that yeah, it looks like it's jumping out out of his hand if he's on a reverse pass or if he's you know it looks like a design and running and he throws it. But when you're dropping back and you have to hit angles and you have to start to deliver the ball um, with certain timing. Mm-hmm. That zip all of a sudden goes away. That's why some of these former quarterbacks that are wide receivers and stuff aren't making it. Um, so I think that will be what ends up uh, being a thing is that even if he'll makes the right choice, I don't know. I agree with you. I don't know and don't think he has the arm strength to be capable. And I think Sean Payton is starting to know it. He just has, did a really good job of of not needing to show it. And I don't I don't think he'll need to show it this week. But I think we'll see more signs. The eye test, our eyes aren't lying to us, Chris. 
is Taysom Hill a more athletic, better utilized right-handed yes. Tim yes. Tebow? So, to, to shorten that up, he's just a slightly better Tim Tebow. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do think he's a little bit more athletic than Tebow because Taysom Hill is yeah, he's he's fast. a, he's he's a high-level athlete, not just a high-level athlete at quarterback. But, yeah, it feels like it's kind of a shame. I always thought Tebow could have had an interesting NFL career if he was willing yeah, to not a be strange, a I mean, not strange. We've seen guys do it, but if he would have been open to it, it would have been it, he he would have found some success too. And now he's uh now also not letting go of his MLB dream. So same old Timmy. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that didn't go extremely well. Uh, I guess I guess there was no minor league season last year, but even even the year before that uh, did not excel. Though I believe he was technically an all star, <laughs> which speaks to the sham of minor league baseball, but. Good luck to you, Timothy. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers head to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Bavada has the Rams. Minus yeah, what a what a display. You know, obviously we want to point the finger more at, at Tom than we do at what the Rams are doing defensively. They've had two two really big shakeups, uh, and, and, and that made me question mm. uh, if if the, the pieces were gelling or if guys were tired and fatigued or if the scheme was outdated. But no. Um, guys are flying around again. That secondary again is is as tough as any secondary you're going to see as far as playing physical and coming up and making tackles in the run game and then disrupting mm-hmm. routes uh, and then disrupting quarterback vision in the pass game. And I mean, <laughs> what a team! The 49ers have nothing to to handle that. And uh, you know, uh, McVay's offensive scheme he probably won't even go into his pocket all the way this game offensively so no. the rams will definitely cruise here to a victory by the way we don't uh, we don't give love to the big guys very often so uh, a special shout out to ryan jensen from the bucks who only only you know uh, minutes hours before the game did he find out he was going to be starting at guard rather than center matched up directly against aaron donald and did not give up a quarterback hit to the single most Ooh. dominant player in football yeah, so that, that's applause. an amazing worthy job. Absolutely. Also worthy of applause is what the Kansas City Chiefs did on their last possession last week. They head to Tampa Bay to take on Tommy and those Bucks. Bavada's got the Bucks. Yeah, plus what a poor time a for the Buccaneers to try to bounce back. I think this energizes Tom, uh, but sadly, I think this also energizes Mahomes and that crew. Uh, and, and what a mm. scary thought that could be. So I actually am going to take the Chiefs here who are starting to run away with uh, being the favorite in the entire league. Which is interesting because they're still yes. an unbeaten team, <laughs> yeah. even if they are a group of crybabies. The uh, Chicago Bears head to Green Bay to take on the Green Bay Packers. In the biggest line of the week, Bavada has the Packers minus So I think to myself sometimes as I'm in my NFC North bubble, I'm like, okay, would I rather mm-hmm. be – the this Lions fan that doesn't doesn't ever have my my thirst quenched any Sunday, even with certain wins, <laughs> or would I rather be a Bears fan who completely pump faked me for the first four weeks and now yeah. seem to just be crumbling and crumbling smaller and smaller? They're in they're a whisper mm-hmm. of a team uh, at this point, and the Packers are going to show mm-hmm. that they have nothing going for them. They can't score a point. The quarterback situation's a mess. Uh, Defensively, they're not the worst, but if when the team they get tired out, probably a quarter and a half in, uh, and it's hard to run 
uh, that man scheme when they're doing that. So give me the Packers here, and I still take my Lions fanhood with all that said. Yeah, you're absolutely right. What a, a promising start only to be 5-5 five and five after 10 weeks, well, 11 weeks, and uh, have exactly. really no solutions to anything either. You know, you don't know who your quarterback is after 11 weeks. You don't know if Allen Robinson's committed to this team long-term after 11 weeks. You haven't established that David Montgomery is going to be your bell cow moving forward. This is just, I mean, talk about a, just a wasted season in a wasted year. It's, it's not, at all. not a great time to be a Bears fan. Well, what are you going to do? Uh, the okay, Not a great time to be an Eagles fan either. The Seattle Seahawks head to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night football. And Bavada yeah, has Yeah, Seattle Eagles wants that two-in-a-row feeling. The Eagles want to give them that two-in-a-row feeling. Uh, pray for Carson, man. Mm. Again, I hope this doesn't change the way he plays football in the long term uh, because he's able to do a lot of positive things. He just can't and then sometimes uh, plays outside himself. And he'll do that here here today. I just hope he comes out uh, not too shaken up. So give me the Seahawks here. Well, given how historically terrible the Seahawks' past defense has been, you know, if Carson doesn't shake out of it a little bit, there is very real reason for concern, even more so than I guess there would be uh, otherwise. And the other thing, Man, you know DK is going to go for 170 <laughs> and two scores, and Eagles fans are going to be insufferable. Yeah. Uh, and by, by I say that uh, with all due love and respect as one myself, but going to be insufferable absolutely, on absolutely. Tuesday I'm, I'm, <laughs> We can bet on that. That's like the lock. That's the lock of the week. <laughs> that is the lock of the week, insufferable <laughs> Philadelphia fans. Well, well, it is what it is, I guess. 2020 can't be over soon enough, but... Our show is over right now. For Mario Hines, I'm Chris Hordell. This has been the Underdog NFL Show. Thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week.